0: Hello, and welcome to this Life Changes podcast. You are now listening to one of our Sunday messages. If you'd like to know more about Life Changes, you can visit us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Now lean in and enjoy. Good morning, my name is Wayne. If you don't know if you're visiting us, welcome. The, the Millie crew, where are you guys? Just wave. Hey, there's only one guy here. Oh, my word. Is the Millie, Millie guys here? Welcome this morning. It's good to have you. I know that some of you might not know who I am. I haven't been to Mali since you guys started at Mali. That's like two years ago. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> this is who I am. But I will visit in 2018. Like I said, it will get better. I will come around and meet some new folk, which is always good. Um, just a little bit about myself. I'm married to a beautiful babe, Jen. And I've got a beautiful boy, Lee, sitting right next to her. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm a father of one and, uh, Lee, an amazing boy. Um, yeah, Lee, I love you, boy. Um, it's great to be here. I'm from a little town called Athlone, Southern Suburbs. If you guys don't know, anyone knows Athlone? <laughs> then you'll know what I'm going to talk about right now. Okay. <laughs> you know where it is. I'm from Athlone. Um, grew up there for what, 28 years I was in Athlone. Um, and, uh. A little bit of a tough situation when you grow up in Athens. gangsterism all around. You get to see these things, and your ambitions are quite skewed. You see guys standing on the corner, and then you tell yourself, one day, I'll be standing on that corner. It's going to be mine, you know? And the shop owner always thinks, you know, who's the next guy coming here? Because that's protection for him. So you, know, you get the next guy standing on the corner. He allows the guy to stand there because he knows it's protection for him. And so that was sort of an ambition in the teenage years. You know, you grow up. You want to be this man in the neighborhood. You've got your cronies around you. You're walking the street. You're waiting for the corner to open up, and then you steal a corner. You know you can't do it while the guys are sitting there, so you steal that corner, and you stand there for a while, and when the guys come, you run off. But there was one particular thing in that neighborhood that was very, very rife. Unemployment. It was a big thing, a real big thing. And you know when, when the ladies start walking past you, and the guys are like, hey, how's it, how's it? You know, and the girls... Um, you know I mean, the song like, um, um, you gotta get a J O B if you wanna be with me. Ain't nothing going on but the rent. You see, you can't, you can't, you you can't exactly, you can't exactly get a girl if you don't have a J O B. You see, you gotta gotta pay. You know, the ladies, the ladies. I can tell you now. Yeah, you you meet a guy, you know what you want. I promise you, you know what you want. I was like, what do you do? Uh, okay. Next. (laughs) Kind of happens in society, and I know that, and that's where I'm from. You know, it's uh, the old song, I don't want no scrub. A scrub is the kind of guy that gets no love from me. Sitting in his best friend's ride on the passenger side, trying to holler at me. You know that song? Yeah? Ladies don't want scrubs, eh? They want hardworking men. Hardworking men. So for interest sake, I'm just going to give you the definition and the differences between what, a, what work is and what a job is. Did you know that there's a difference? That's great. So it's going to be nothing new to you. But for those who don't know, definition of work, be engaged to be engaged in physical or mental activity in order to achieve a result. That's called work. Definition of a job, a paid position of regular employment, a task or a piece of work, especially one that is paid. Now we're separating the two. We're talking about work, we're not talking about a job. And that's where the differences come in today, because I'd really like to plant something in your heart this morning to say, yes, you might have a job and you're doing work, but it's important to do work and not worry about a job. Okay, the one leads you into anxiety, the other one leads you to create. And there's a massive difference this morning, so I want to start with that this morning, so that we understand that the pressures we have of today's world says that you need to find a J-O-B, if you want to be with me. You know, that kind of thing. This pressures from the world, it means that you have to work. Your salary needs to be of some kind of stature in society in order to make it. So I started off as a young man looking for a job, just matriculated. And, you know, being, being a bit poor, you, you, you go into finding a job when you matriculate. That was the standard for us. Well, oh, once, you, once you matriculate, you can go and get a job. So the first job I went for was at UCT. It was a sweeper's job with my matric certificate in my hand. And I got there and I met this lady, Joy Fish Industrial Relations, and she said, no, my boy. You should be studying here. I said, I can't. We don't have anything. Get your mom to call me. My mom never called. But one would understand why, because of the situation that you're in. The next one was a porter's job at Kruiteske Hospital. And that too, you know, going to Kruiteske, trying to find a job, you're standing there, and people just don't, they see a matric certificate. At the time, it was something. I can tell you now today, that means nothing. You know that. It means nothing today. It's something to get you sort of set a foundation in your life, but it actually means nothing. And then I met a nice guy that said, Wayne, I can actually get you to study. I know a friend who runs this institution in town, and I'd like for you to study. So I went to study, and I got a job at Old mutual after that. And my first salary was 1,200 rand a month. Amazing. <laughs> I jumped for joy. <laughs> It's like 1,200 rand a month. Come on, Lord, this is beautiful. I've got a job. It's 1,200 rand. I've got a job. But for many years, I had a job. For many years, I was looking at my pay packet. For many years, at the end of the month, I would stare at this thing. and said, if only I could get more. If only I could get more that was what my job was all about. I need to support my mom. I need to support some people in our family. And so it became about the numbers. And throughout those years, God was gracious, very gracious towards us as a family, very gracious towards me as his son, although I wasn't saved. But I loved that, working hard, having a job, looking good in community, Working for Old Mutual, wow. Great, great stuff. But I was just having a job. And that's why that definition is so important. It is only in 2007 when I started realizing what work is all about. I got a job at the city of Cape Town, ended up being the head of a department there. And when I got into that job, they don't show you anything. That's the thing about the city of Cape Town. You go for the interviews, it looks great. Everyone's smiling, wow, it's amazing, come, yeah. And then you get the job. And then you walk into that department that they said you need to run. And you find a little passageway (laughs) with people sitting here. It's like, is this this it? It's like, yes, this is it. And then I've got a friend coming to me telling me, yeah, we give you 100 days and you'll be out of here. 100 days. And I thought, wow, this looks horrible, (laughs) actually. But it's amazing because as I started off, Something developed inside of me, and in 2009, I recommitted my life to the Lord. See, I was a contractor for two years at the city, and in 2009, they made me permanent. They saw potential, and they said, we want this guy to be permanent. We need him. And in 2009, just before I became permanent, I gave my life to the Lord, and things somewhat changed, and I'll explain that to you. There was absolutely nothing in the city of Cape Town in the area that I took over, which is service support. And I love that word service because it's something that I love doing. I love serving people. So there's this thing, service management, and I, I just thought, well, wow, how appropriate. I get to serve people. But there was absolutely nothing. And they left it to me to start doing things, to start creating things, to start establishing a few things. And they thought, 100 days, this guy's going to be out of here. It's okay. This department never works. That's why it is what it is. We've got a bunch of people that nobody's managing. Let's put him in there. And this was actually to set up my manager at the time for failure. I said, hey, Mike, get a guy in there. Let him run it. Yeah, okay. We know he's going to fail. But I want to explain something about God, just going back to Genesis, which is so important. And I want to just link that up with with where I started in 2009, something amazing in Genesis 1:27. 27. It says, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created him. Let's just say something. When God made the world, he spoke it into being. That's the account, the creation account. He spoke it. Into being, it says the Spirit was hovering on the water, and then God spoke something into being. But when He created me and you, when He created Adam and Eve, there was intimacy. It said He came down and then He created something with His hands. He formed us with His hands. You see, He didn't speak us into being. There's something that He did was so amazing. When I read the Scripture, it says He created So when he created us in his own image, there's something of him about creation that is in our image. Creation, you see, man is, you can be sitting here today and and one thing that goes through your mind is what can I do? What can I create? Or what can I start? The entrepreneurial spirit is always inside of you. There's something intrinsic inside of you that says, I want to start something or I want to create something. Here's the key though. If it's not about money, you'll be successful. If it's not about money, you'll be successful. If it's about your passion, it's more important. God created something inside of you to start creating. And that's the important part of this sermon this morning that I want to bring through to you. We were created in His image. Now, for those who are in the marketplace... Like Quentin was saying, we are what we call MPEs, the marketplace elders, and then there's the FTEs, the full-time elders. And so it's the marketplace elders that's going to speak a little bit about the market, which is so important. But it's all about honoring God. You see, that image that is inside of us, God has got an expectation that we give it back to Him. So it's all about honoring Him in the marketplace. It's all about honoring Him, whether you have a job or whether you're working. The two can coincide, of course. But I'm speaking about work, your passion, your ability, God-given abilities that you have, which is so important. So work is not about getting paid. It's about creating something special. Because when God created us, He created something special. Imagine God was doing a job, and then on the second day, he created this, and he done that. And then, on the sixth, oh, I'm going to have to create Adam. Oh, I need to get up early this morning. Oh, I'm start this thing called Adam, and then perhaps Eve. I don't know. Um, and then he creates something, and then he's tired. Now, God didn't rest because he was tired. I just want to let you know that God rested because he wants to give us a model that we need to live by. Yeah. Okay, so he wasn't tired. But just hear me for a second. If he was one of us having a job, he would be tired by now. He'd be sitting there thinking, why in heaven's name did I do this? It's not a good thing. But he's not. He's never tired. He's never tired because he's always creating. And when you are creating, there's an excitement inside of you. When you are creating, there's an excitement inside of you. And God had that excitement inside of him And when we've got his image, there needs to be an excitement inside of us when we go to work. Something's going to go down. Someone is going to create something, and God is going to get the glory. But how do we do that? I mean, how are we empowered this morning to do that? Can I just say to you, without God, we are absolutely nothing. In the workplace, nothing zilts. Yes, I have done this. I have done that. No. God's grace has been sufficient for you to create something. That is important to understand for us in the workplace, which is so important. So I just want to change the mindset this morning that work is about creating things. It is actually not about the money because the money will follow by itself because God's blessing is on it. Romans twelve thirty six says this, For of him and through him and to him are all things to whom be glory forever. Amen. How important is that scripture? For of him, through him, and to him are all things forever and ever. Amen. Nothing we do as Christians, I should say, should be on our own account. Nothing we do. Everything we do should be of him, should be through him and then be glorified to him. So I want to use that scripture because work is intrinsic inside of us because it's something we've been created by. And so I want to use that scripture that we make sure that what we do in the workplace is of him and through him and to him. Is that okay? You guys okay? Come on, give me a wave. It's 20, 2017. It's the end of 2017. I don't want you guys to fall asleep. I hope you guys are with me. During this time. Okay. So let's talk about of him. Being empowered. Ecclesiastes 9 verse 13 says. That each of them may eat and drink. And find satisfaction in their toil. This is the gift from God. Work is a gift. It is of him. That is something that we. As a community. As Christians. Those following Christ Jesus. Would understand. That it is of him. That we're doing work. Is that important for you guys? It's important for me and I understand that now just going through this. A lot of things have changed inside of me when I started reading these things. First um, Peter 2.9 says, we are a chosen people, a royal priesthood. You didn't work for that. You are a chosen people. You are a royal priesthood. So, so there's nothing you did. For you to have that identity upon you. And I like what Andrew shared earlier about an identity. And it just falls into place when you talk about work. Because we take an identity to work. That's important. We take a heavenly identity into our workplace. The important thing for us is to stand out in the workplace. The important thing for us is to see that people, when they look at you, they see Christ inside of you. They start glorifying God through it. That's important. We don't have to preach Christ. They need to see the work ethic that we have. They need to see the excitement that we have, the faithfulness, the God's worthiness inside of our our, our lives, that we have been made worthy to Him. They need to see that inside of us and say, what is different about this guy? What is different about this woman in this workplace? Because we've got an identity given from the Father, which is so important. And I love that. Thank you, Andrew, for sharing that. It just sort of set the foundation for me for this morning's preach. Sorry, give me two seconds. Yeah. Ephesians 2.10 says, we are his workmanship, which is so key. Workmanship. God worked with us. When we were made new creations in Christ Jesus, it says we are his workmanship. So you can see what God has been doing all along. It was a work with us. He created something new and something fresh. That same image of God resides inside of us. There's something that we need to take into the workplace that is going to become your workmanship. Something that you create in the workplace, which is so important for us, carrying that DNA inside of us called Christ Jesus. So how do we work this out? Through him, improving the workplace. So I've just got these three points. Number one was of him. Number two, through him improving the workplace. Matthew five, thirteen to fourteen says, You are the salt, and Jesus this is Jesus speaking, saying, You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world, a city set is set on a hill, cannot be hidden. And it's a missional statement. The key to that word there is you are, not you're going to be, not maybe, but you are. Jesus has made a statement towards you this morning saying you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. Here is nothing better than that statement. I can tell you now, if I think of the things that I do and Jesus speaking this truth into my life, there's an identity that is given me that says you are. I don't need to work towards these things. It was given. Here's the key. We need to believe it. We need to believe it. If we are going to change the marketplace, if we're going to change the areas that we're going into, we need to start believing who we are in Christ Jesus and the Father that we have that has given us all things. We are here to bring about change in the marketplace. I uh, had a, one of the senior managers at, at the city of Cape Town. Um, he always used to mock me. You know, I was a new guy, had this little passageway as a workstation in the workplace with guys sitting in there all uh, sort of cramped up. And, and he used to mock me all the time. And there was once a picture that one of the media staff and marketing staff came to take about one of the service desk agents. And they had that picture of this girl working and, and he, he mocked. He said, oh, she's still busy with that query that they've given her. You know, and he was mocking me all the time. I used to go into this workplace and this guy would go at me all the time. And I don't know if he didn't like me or whether he was threatened. I, I couldn't care less. I know my identity, which was important. So every single day I would go in and work and create and make sure that I honor God through it. A few years later, this man got cancer. He got cancer. And I sat in my office. And they called me. I said, what is, what is it? They says, no, Dougie wants to see you. And I thought, okay, cool. I'm, I'm going to go there. You know, we've had hard feelings. You know, uh, could be tough. So I walk into his office. And I said, hi, Dougie, what can I do for you? He says, can you pray for me? I said, yeah, sure, but, but what would you like? What, what can I pray for? He says that the Father might love me. I, I, I stood there and I thought, sure, Lord, how many times have I heard this from people? But here's this man who mocked me, day in, day out, whenever he could at least, but he calls on me. You see, he could have called on anyone else, but he called on me, not that I'm important, but he saw something that could bring life. He saw something that could bring life in the workplace that was different to anything else that he saw, and he says, call for Wayne. That's what we're all about in the workplace. Nothing else. If we're getting there, we're there to show examples of what God is all about. But we also carry the light. And this man called on my name and I prayed with him that day. And his life changed. Two years later, he passed away. But I knew where he was and where he was going, which was a great thing for me, sitting there and saying, Lord, you are so, so good because I know without you, I am nothing. I am nothing. Not even now, when I was walking, as I was walking to this man's office, there were people standing around because he came back into the office after the diagnosis and stuff. Uh, Everybody gave way as I walked through this passageway and people looking at me. I said, Lord, people aren't looking at me. They're looking at you. It's important for me to make that known to them that there's a hope. In this place, which you are using, his name is Wayne Barthes. You're using Wayne Barthes, Lord. And I stand on that identity. I stand on that identity. And no one is going to take it away from me. 2018 is going to be better. So why do we work? To him, you might have heard this before. But it's to give him glory. Everything we do is to give Him glory. In the workplace, it's to give God glory. Yeah. Nothing else. Yes, I hear people moaning and groaning. They come to me. Other manager's staff comes to me and tells me about their managers. I said, ah, sorry. Please, how are you? Are you well? How's the family? Okay, great. Nice chatting. Move. If we are going to set an example... And if you want people to come back to you, you have to stand strong and who God is. The skinnering and all those little things has to stop. That's God's command in our lives because we are standing free from this world, free from what the world is doing. How can we be different if we add to what the world is creating? How can we be different How can people come to you and ask you for advice when you're the same as the next manager and the next manager and the next manager? Where do they run to? We are called to be that beacon of hope inside the workplace where we can encourage people not to have jobs, but to start creating things so that they leave a legacy behind instead of just a pay packet that was paid to them. That's important for us. Mark 12, 13 to 17. And this is my last scripture that I'm going to read. This is where they're testing Jesus, the Pharisees and the Herodians. they they testing Jesus. They say, Then they say, sent to him some of the Pharisees and Herodians to catch him in his words. When they had come, they said to him, Teacher, we know that you are true and care about no one, for you do not regard the person of men. But teach the way of God in truth. It is lawful. Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? Shall we pay or shall we not pay? But he, knowing their hypocrisy, said to them, Why do you test me? Bring me a denarius that I may see, see it. So they brought it. And he said to them, Whose image and inscription is this? They said to him, Caesars. And Jesus answered and said to them, Render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. And they marveled at him. Now that ends off okay. But I think they missed something. They needed to ask Jesus, and what is it that belongs to God? And I know sometimes we use this with tithes and money and yeah, I'm not saying it's wrong. We can, we can use that. But if you talk about the image of Caesar on the coin, Jesus was referring to the image of God on us. Give unto God what belongs to God. The image that he's created you in belongs to him. Can we honor him in that when we give unto God what belongs to God? I had a manager... Uh, Mike, who, um, you know, when I came to the Lord, he, he knew me for two years prior to that. I was uh, a lost cop. But two years after, when I gave my life to the Lord, he saw something different, but it irritated him. Because, yeah, scripture, you know, when you're a newborn Christian, it's like, everything is just Jesus in the workplace, yes, Lord, yes, Jesus, and it was like, I'm walking down, and it was like he, he probably looked at me thinking, what the hypocrite, I was like, what's wrong with this guy, so he chomps, and says, you Christians, you Christians, that, those were his words, you Christians, you keep on doing this, and earth." I realized, look, that was an error in my way, there are better ways of doing things, but God has got grace on these things, perhaps there are certain things that I say that lands on, on fertile ground, and it doesn't matter, God uses anything, And I had this man sitting there thinking, You Christian. And and as time went along, through my work ethic, through what God has planted inside of me, through how He has challenged me, things changed. I started creating things in the working environment, I started employing new people, new jobs were created, new departments were created. And we started servicing the city well. All through God's grace. He saw that. And then he started asking me about it. And then again, in humility, I said to him, Hey, God is good. And he does these things. So much so, when I got ordained as an elder in this church, he came. He sat right there. And when we got back to work, he says, there's something unique about the way God works. God doesn't interview you for eldership. You see, here, Wayne, I I interview people for management jobs. I interview them. I want to see who they are. But he says, I picked picked up something so significant about God. In the church environment, I asked him, what was that? He says, your interview with God is a lifelong journey. God looks at you, and he knows where you're heading. He's already done a work. This is this man talking to me. And he says, leadership is a journey. It's not a title. This is a leader, a man with a high position in the city of Cape Town, telling me this, how God has changed his heart that morning. And since then, we've been praying before our management meetings. And he says, Wayne, can you pray for us? And we started praying in our management meeting. And I started praying. And I said, Lord, thank you for this team. Thank you for what you are doing, Lord. And it went on for about a month. And after that month, he says, Wayne, won't you up, open up in prayer for us, please? And I said, no, sir, you open up in prayer. It's time that you lead this team. Not just by the work that you do, but by the Father's grace on your life. And he started praying ever since. He became an amazing friend of mine. And we're still friends. We still chat. God. He wants to change the working environment. Yeah, and he wants you to do it. Yeah, he wants you to do it. No one else. So we're heading into the new year. 2017 is gone. Yes, we still a few hours. 2018, I want to encourage you to be expectant. Okay. It is our hearts towards God. That's why we are expectant. And not just people sitting and waiting and thinking, what's going to happen in 2018? No, we are expectant for 2018 in terms of what God is going to do in our lives. And Habakkuk, in the time of the Babylonian system entering Israel, had this hymn of faith. As we're heading into 2018, I want to speak about this hymn of faith. And I just want to read it out. It says, Though the fig tree may not blossom, nor fruit beyond the vines, though the labor of the olive may fail, and the fields yield no food, though the flock may be cut off from the, from the fold, and there be no herd in the souls, Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength. He will make my feet like deer's feet, and he will make me walk on high heels. Not, not high heels, <laughs> on the challenges, on high heels. He will make him walk on high heels. That's a hymn of faith. You see, things weren't great. Things were tough. But that's his prayer. Can that be our prayer today? Can that be our prayer? As we're sitting here this morning, as you're wondering what's happening in 2018, as you're looking at the government structures that are being set up, those that have been broken down, what's going to happen in 2018? God knows. He is our anchor. He is our rock and our salvation. He is the horn of our salvation. That's who he is. We only rely on Christ Jesus to change things. And that's where our confidence comes from. Christ Jesus. So this morning, to conclude, perhaps you waiting for a, for a great job in 2018. Maybe you've studied, just finished varsity, and looking forward to what 2018 has for you. Perhaps you're sitting here and you're thinking, oh, I had nothing in 2017, I had nothing in 2016, 2018. Oh, you know what? I'm just not looking forward to 2018 because there are issues that's coming. You don't know what it is, but you're thinking, looking at your past, you're thinking it might just happen in 2018. Maybe you don't have a job this morning. So we want to pray into that this morning. But I want to read from Isaiah which I think was Jesus' favorite book. It says, verse 19, 43, verse 19, Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. That is absolutely incredible. I read that and I'm thinking, that is incredible because... There is absolutely nothing in the human eye, the physical that we see, that can happen. Yet God calls it into being, and you might be sitting here this evening or this morning. I'm used to pray, uh, preaching in the evenings, I'm like sitting here in the evening. Um, you might be sitting here this morning thinking, "How's this going to happen?" But God says He'll do a new thing. 2017 has passed. He'll do a new thing. 2018. Be expectant this morning. So I want to pray for you this morning. Is that okay? Can we stand to our feet? If you are hoping to find a job in 2018, could you raise your hand? Thank you. Keep it raised, please. Be great. I want to pray for you this morning. And those who have jobs, can you turn towards them and just raise your hands in faith? towards these that are in need of jobs. Father, we thank you this morning that it's not jobs we're looking for, but work. Father, I pray this morning that hearts will be changed from what is a job to, Lord, what we can create. And thank you, Father, this morning for the image of the Father that resides in us. And through that strength, we'll create in the marketplace Father, I pray for each and every person who's lifted their hands, who doesn't have a job this morning, I say thank you, Lord, that you will bring something new in 2018. Father, I thank you that you've taken their hearts and minds or finances, Lord, release the finances, Lord, and concentrate on what you want them to create. Let their hearts and minds be changed. And Father, I pray for an amazing blessing, more than what they could ask or imagine, in the marketplace. Say, thank you, Jesus. Do it again. Do it again, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Keep on standing. I done. If you don't know this Jesus, it's so important. Went into site five. It says, who needs jobs for work? People put up their hands. Started praying. Sickness. People put up their hands. See, who needs Jesus? Almost everybody put up their hands. Can tell you something. It's more important than a job, more important than work. Yeah. It's more important than health. Yeah. I want to invite you this morning. If you want to know this, Jesus, because you can only do things through Him. Longevity resides in Him. That you don't have a job, a once-off, and then look for something new, but that you find work in which you find joy to create. If you don't know Jesus, just raise your hand. You can drop it again. It's okay. Raise your hands. If you want to know Jesus this morning and you're trusting for a job, raise your hands. I want to pray for you, something special Jesus wants to do in your life. Thank you. Thank you, ma'am. That's amazing. Beautiful. With that hand raised, we're going to pray. Is that okay? With faith in our hearts, we're going to pray for that one hand. Can we give our God a hand, please, for that one hand? Thank you, ma'am. It's beautiful. God is good. We want to pray. Father, we thank you this morning for your love. Thank you for an amazing identity that is steadfast inside of us, Lord. That we don't need to look at this world. We don't even need to look at our parents, as Andrea was saying. But we need to look towards you. And thank you, Lord, that you'll be changing hearts and minds this morning. And Lord, we give you all the honor and the glory. And we lift your name on high, God. May 2018 be much better than 2017, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.